because she was a clip-out creation. Rubbermaid? Bow, bow, bow. Which girl? Who? Rubbermaid. Who? The oh, reason yes, why yes. Kam- the reason why Kamala can't stretch in the MCU. Let's, let's, <laughs> oh, talk, about <laughs> let's talk about it. Oh, she's the reason. She's okay. The reason why. <laughs> but like, her dying in this. I was like... This- you know, I've also, well, I did take a week off the gym last week, but before that, I've been putting collagen in my, um, like, protein shakes and stuff like that, and, you know, that's supposed to help with hair growth and things of that nature. I, my hair cuts okay. aren't lasting very long anymore. Okay. You in your hairy era? Yeah. Very okay. Hairy. And it's crazy. Okay. It's like, I feel like I just got my hair cut, and now I gotta go get another one this week, but I was doing that anyway, because I'm going out of town. Mm. Oh, okay. Well, I mean... I'm also out of time right now. Hi, everybody. Hey. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Let's go ahead and get started uh, this week. Um, Welcome to another relaunch. I am going to be Lenaya Petronov, a.k.a. Darkstar, um, who I think next election, go ahead and put her up there. Wasn't she on this one? No. Oh, I feel like she was in one of those images. Who am I thinking of? She was in the first one. No. <laughs> really? No. I don't know. I don't know who I'm thinking of. I, I just feel like I remember. Maybe I just saw somebody campaigning for her. <laughs> she was just like, not in it. <laughs> I mean, that's the doll. So shout out to whoever did that. <laughs> She's cool. Um, I am Miss Maxine Hunkel, a.k.a. Cyclone of the Justice Society of America. Hello. Oh, Okay. Bringing her back around. Are you excited for her debut in that movie? Yes. Black Adam. You know she had a, a comic come out. The tie-in they've been doing for all the characters in the movie came out this week. I'll mm-hmm. be talking about them as well, so don't worry. Okay, yes. Okay, well, let's get into it. How are you doing this week? I am good now. I won't lie. I was having, like, oh, a pretty just, no. like, busy week. I dropped a table on my foot, so that was kind of painful. Oh, no. No, it was not good. But nonetheless, yesterday I did like a big just rearranging of the energy. I cleaned up my entire place from like top to bottom. And when I say clean, I mean like I clean, like clean up the cabinets, the fridge, the bathroom, my closet, washed and folded, everything. And I've been using this new detergent. It's called Tyra's Glamorous Wash. If anybody wants to look it up, it's on Amazon. Um, When you wash your clothes, you put a little bit of it in there. It has your clothes smelling so good. Like, so good. I get compliments mm. on my smell all the time now. I'll be walking in places. People are like, ooh, you smell good. I'm like, mm, it's my detergent. Thank you. I know, that's right. Yes, and I'm going to have to try that. I'll just be sticking with Tide, so. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. You know, spruce it up a little bit. Again, Tyler's Glamorous Wash. I cannot highly recommend it enough. So I did all that, and now I feel like my energy has been realigned. I'm ready to start the week back out. I'm going to return to the gym. It's going to be a good week. Okay, that's good. We turned it back around. We turned the wigs around. Love it. I um shifted. I've been having a pretty good week. For anybody watching out there, I'm not obviously um where I normally am. I'm not in LA right now. 
decided to take an impromptu trip out to Palm Springs. And because like you, I was having a week <laughs> and like <laughs> needed a break. So here I am <laughs> taking my break. But yeah, um, this is, this has been, you know, I tell people, yeah. I'm like very much an advocate when people are at work complaining to me, I'm like, you should quit. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like, find like some better way to make money and just quit this place. Go do what makes you happy. Exactly. Take your- There's nothing more important than your time. That's okay. the most important, precious thing you have. So do it. What do it? Spending stuff you like to do. Preach that. Not working for me. I'd rather do. Okay, let's go ahead and get into the updates of the week. Up first, we're going to be talking about this Batgirl cancellation. Now, um, we have seen uh, Discovery, I think, purchased Warner Brothers. And obviously, with new purchases like that, wish changing the regime. And uh, the new CEO is basically like, listen, if it wasn't making money, for us before, we're not doing it. So, like, everything has been gutted or canceled. Canceling everything. Canceling <laughs> everything. And it has now come out that the Batgirl movie, which was, I think they had already finished it, completed it, mm-hmm. and it was post- done. Yeah, it was in post, and it has now been canceled and will not be released in theaters because Discovery says that they prefer big theatrical releases uh going forward it sounds to me like they are trying to you know catch up to the mcu not actually sounds like that is what happened they recently had a um a call talking about their earnings and how they were going to be changing the entire corporation around like the businesses and stuff and on the call they name dropped kevin feige himself and we're like you know we want this person to be like kevin within our Within our company, we wanted to strive for the success that the MCU has, and we know we have a plan. We have a 10-year plan for these DC movies, and personally, I just have to say, say what you want about the MCU, but that's power <laughs> to be No, legit, like, as you were sitting like there saying somebody that, else's thing. I was just sitting there, I was like, he probably sitting in his office just smiling. <laughs> yeah, like, wow, I did that. <laughs> what a man. Congratulations to him. Shout out to that. He's yeah. powerful. Yeah. Now, I really do feel for the Batgirl cast and all the crew that, and everybody that worked on that movie. Um, I do. I know that I think the initial budget for the movie was like, I think like under $100 million. But with all of the reshoots and stuff that went on during COVID. <laughs> yeah, in a dream. Um, that ended up going like well over budget and they were probably looking at it like they weren't going to make all that money back in theaters. Um, I mean, I've seen, let's be honest, I've seen a lot of y'all laughing at that girl's suit when it was first coming I support it. Let me say that. Let me me just say, I supported Leslie Grace's bad girl this entire time. And I don't even like Babs. But I was here for Mm. her. I was going to watch the movie. I thought the Burnside suit was cute. I thought she looked good in it. She was really excited for it. I don't know. It was going to be camp. Batman and Robin. She had her, she had her wig on, you know, and I I was ready to give her a chance at it. Like I'm not the biggest, like you said, I'm not the biggest Black Babs fan, but I would have been cool to see her. Maybe she could have changed my mind. Um, but I feel and I think I'm hopeful that like something happens 
not with WB because I think they just have a history of being horrible. But like somebody else <laughs> her up so she can get like in another franchise because they canceled that um that other girl's movie too the super that one that was gonna be Supergirl. Yes, they did. Pretty much anything that didn't have a date already was is probably canceled. But Gotham Knights Day. Oh, I mean, there was a rumor that that might get canceled too. Uh, and it hasn't been confirmed yet. Now that one is weird, because that man is all kinds of messed up, but they still going for it with that. That doesn't make any sense. Craziness. Well, whatever. Shout out to Leslie Grace. She's a real one. I wish you nothing yeah. that sweetie. Yeah. Streets was saying they kind of want to see her maybe come over to the MCU and be white Okay. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> we'll come back. We'll come back to the drawing board on that one. <laughs> okay. Next up is the official announcement for uh, Joker Two: Folie Adieu, which will be coming out in October fourth, two thousand and twenty-four, and it has now been confirmed that Lady Gaga will be playing Harley Quinn. And all I did was laugh <laughs> when this announcement came out. Because it's funny. Gaga is Harley is. Do I think she's going to do a terrible job? No. Do I see her as Harley Quinn? Absolutely not. Am I excited for the <laughs> press tour? Absolutely. The press tour is going to be ridiculous. <laughs> she is going to be insufferable. It's going to be like a really good time. But also, this saves us from Lady Gaga's Emma Frost. <laughs> <laughs> That is true. Yes, I saw that band cast a lot. And there was also, you know, talks of her being Dazzler. Oh, no, not that. (laughs) You know. Can you imagine having to be Harley Quinn after Margot Robbie? No. Embarrassing. And then you're doing it. I I just know. I just know Gaga's. She's going to talk about how, like, she, like, made... She checked into a mental hospital for six months. <laughs> to prepare she for jumped this. into a vat of acid. <laughs> she jumped into a vat of acid and like laid there. She like got beat up what by a man one time during the um during the House of Gucci press tour where she was like a swarm of flies were following yeah. her around. <laughs> yeah, during House of Gucci, like the the flies swarmed at her and she felt the presence of that lady like on the set. <laughs> like shut up, girl. <laughs> Oh, she's it's it's gonna be a good time. Um, definitely. But oh, she's gonna like wear her makeup on her face, and she's definitely gonna come up with some excuse or some reasoning of why the abuse was like for women empowerment. Like she's gonna spin it somehow. Did you did you watch the first Joker movie? Yes. Did you like it? That was the worst and last time I watched it. It was it was okay. Like I I enjoyed the um what they were trying to do as far as like, you know, showing depression and all that kind of stuff, but it isn't something that I found entertaining. Like I don't, mm. I never want to see it again. I wonder if this musical will kind of have a feel of like a Sweeney Todd, where it's supposed to be like mm. serious, but they're also singing a lot, or if they're going to try and be more like weird and fantastical with it. Hmm. You know, that Sweeney Todd call out kind of, makes it seem like it'll probably be something more like that. I don't know how. I... <laughs> <laughs> I'm just thinking of, I'm thinking of Gaga singing with these pigtails. 
going to be quiet. I actually might go and see this. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like it's going to be a riot for sure. Um, how good it will be, I don't know. I probably will, might wait till it hits. I was going to say HBO Max, but who knows if that'll be around by the end? It'll probably Discovery Plus. What a way to Max. Go I don't know if they end up. Like, truly being at the top of your game. Somebody in there got haters. But WB is bad. Mm-hmm. You know, there was just the anniversary of the Iron Giant movie. Love that cartoon classic movie when I was a kid. And I don't know if you ever looked into the history of it, but there were so many issues with them trying to get that movie made and just, like, the promotion of it and WB, like, basically trying to stop it from getting pushed. And it was just, like, horrible management. Like, they've always been a horrible company. Hmm. Do you think, would you care if DC... Like got bought out by somebody else, and like left that studio. Yeah. It was also un- it was also unclear. Just to let everybody know, it's also unclear if they are going to be moving DC into their own like studio company because there was a breakdown during that call earlier, and it showed like their studios that they're going to have in DC was there. So the way that Marvel has Marvel Studios, and that's where all the movies and stuff come out of, and like they have that department it seems mm-hmm. like warner brothers might be doing a dc thing like that but who knows how clear that was i mean that's probably it if they're trying to emulate the Marvel formula sure but whatever mm-hmm. the movies that we have right now are not like anything that we want to be emulating and continuing on mm-hmm. even aquaman 2 which i'm gonna go see i think that happened <laughs> too but it's like even that that whole that whole that whole snyder universe thing could just be cut. Mm, yeah yeah, it's just let it like, go. They were talking about it, and they're talking about making Wonder Woman one of these movies. I'm sorry, you're not giving Gal Gadot a third Wonder Woman movie. Gal Gadot <laughs> and Patty Jenkins for a third time? Are you kidding me? <laughs> oh man, I had never. I don't know if there was a bigger, like, sequel drop off for me than Wonder Woman 1984. Like. I'm sorry. You're saying that the backbone of your uh, company or your franchise are about to be, again, Batman, Wonder Woman, and Superman, the people who we see all the time. But you made it clear that you don't know what to do with Superman. And Henry Cavill, who's been basically begging to come back, has his phone ring. You got (laughs) Batman, the baddest, which was good, but then, like, now Zoe's tainted, so you don't even want her in Selena anymore. And then it's also, like, Gal Gadot over there. And how can we even really bring him back as Superman when Man of Steel came out a decade ago? A you gonna decade do a sequel? Ago. And then you bring in <laughs> Ben Affleck back as Batman in the Aquaman movie. And that's all reshoots because originally... Why are you still filming scenes for this? <laughs> because they were going to have uh, the other Batman in it. Uh, Michael Mike Keating. Keating. Yeah, but he had scheduling conflicts, so... I guess to the story, it didn't matter which Batman. It just needed a Batman. <laughs> like, that, like you got a problem. You got a pro- your whole company has a problem, and it's like the fact that y'all can't see that is like crazy to me. I'm sorry. As soon as they said that, I checked out because like, and I and I truly do feel like we have now gotten to the point. If we can get uh, Gaga as Harley, we can get a new Wonder Woman now. We can cast somebody else. We don't got to keep yeah. living off Linda. We don't got to live off Gal anymore. It's time to move on. Mm-hmm. Who's the new girl? And if we are really going to make them, like, Anna corners, Dar- let's, like, make them corners. What'd you say? Anna Darmus. 
Oh yeah. People want to play everybody. <laughs> that girl, that girl has girl. been playing cast as everybody's favorite superhero girl. Everyone's favorite girl because she does that. She does that. Watch the man if you have not yet. Mm-hmm. She gets it. And they had um, the fan art for like what people wanted for the MCU. That's what they had for Lorna. <laughs> they people really just want her to be. Somebody. She's a hot girl. She deserves. She to. is. <laughs> she is. But no, like seriously, <laughs> I, I, can, I, will, I will, If they truly ever announce a new Patty Jenkins Gal Gadot Wonder Woman movie, I will absolutely not see that. Yeah, no, they gotta let that go. Unless they got some kind of deal with her where she has to do something. I mean, they just canceling movies left and right. Whatever, cut the contract up. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Pay them out. If you got to pay them out. Speaking of contracts, um, it has been a rumor now that the MCU cannot have any X-Men in their movies until 2025 due to Fox contracts carrying over. So those contracts would say that the characters uh, would have to be in like the how can I how can I describe this clearly? The characters that they were playing would have to be in X-Men movies. So, you know, the genes, the storms, and all of that. The actors would also have to be carried over as well until 2025, um, just because of the contracts that they had with Fox. And that, in my opinion, it sounds real, y'all. I don't know if that's a rumor. I think that's real. I think that's why <laughs> they've been just kind of waiting <laughs> to do the X-Men, because they don't want any of them people back, <laughs> unless it's a... Unless it's a cameo that fans just won't shut the fuck up about, then they will do it, you know? But it yeah. seems to me like they really don't want anything to do with Fox. I've also I mean, heard that the contracts said that <clears throat> not only would those actors have to come back, but the producers would also still have their credit on the X-Men properties. So, like, if they were to do another X-Men movie... Before 2025, uh, Singer would have to be credited as a producer, which also means compensation. And we would so never allow that. In my opinion, like, I know we all really, really want to see the X-Men, like, mm. in live action and done well or whatever, but, like, I'd rather them just wait. Just wait. Agreed. Especially with the current standing of the MCU. We can wait a couple phases till we course correct, and then we can bring them back. But then, I don't believe it anyway, because... If you remember when the merger first got announced, Alexandra Ship, the young lady who played Storm, <laughs> what'd she say on her Twitter? <laughs> she cleared y'all. She said, they ain't recasting nobody. She said, y'all keep acting like this merger means they're recasting, period. And what? She ain't been recast yet? Yeah. I, think, I think that tweet's still up. And people have still been like, well, girl, your couch your days, you're not coming back. And I have a screenshot. It's saved in my favorites folder, my phone. <laughs> I think it is one of the best tweets of our time. So, I mean, we'll be seeing that storm in 2026. My personal theory is that they are going to, obviously, <laughs> we've already got our mutant with Kamala. So they're not afraid to start introducing mutants into the MCU. I think we're just going to see ones that we haven't seen in live action yet. My theory is we'll see a bunch of them that we haven't seen live action yet. And then in Secret Wars, that's when they probably going to bring back Pompka 
and <laughs> and Hallie and all and of her them. Trench coat. Her trench coat. And, you know, yeah. and we love us some Holly Berry. And we mm-hmm. know she loved to play Storm. And she always <laughs> talked about she want to put that wig back on. But it's like, baby girl, it's like, you can't do that. <laughs> exactly. But I think, you know, a Secret Wars could be they send off. The Let multiverse. Let her have a send off. She could do a powerful thing as Storm. And then everybody from that universe dies. <laughs> I can also agree with, I think they're just going to kind of sprinkle the muse that we don't know. We'll probably see Shang-Chi talking to somebody and he'll call this guy Shiro. And then... Exactly. That's going to end up being Sunfire. Uh, Betsy is going to pop up somewhere as a little bratty because she's exactly. like Miss Strike. Mm-hmm. Boom. Gonna, you know, they're just going to keep kind of sprinkling in like that. And then we'll move on. But... And then I think we'll see them in Secret Wars, like the ones we know, and that'll leave everyone, mm-hmm. audiences, to question, like, oh, well, then where's our universe's storm or whatever? Mm, and then that's when we get our recasting. Mm-hmm. Shit. Oh, well, they gonna have both the light-skinned storms together. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they're going to put them all back, because that's, oh. like, blatant then. <laughs> <laughs> They're gonna like when Secret Wars pops off and all these different people from various universes coming. It's gonna be these two little short haired, light skinned storms, bloat men, making some lightning. Doing a little, some lightning. And some wind. That's the only thing they did. Mm-hmm. I, I really wait. hope we do get a powerful storm. Well, I don't see why we shouldn't. Yeah, I don't think her powers are too difficult for her to be nerfed. Like They've done Thor. And we've had one. Mm-hmm. It's like boom. I think it's I think it's time we could do something big for them. All right, y'all. Well, that is all the news we have this week. Let's go ahead and take a break, and then we'll come right back. Cool. I used to always really want someone to um, create, like, a Light Force character. Kind of just like, like Dr. Dark Light? Star. Yeah, but like X-Men. Oh, that's Dazzler. Oh, well, I guess kind of. But like a Force, like they're controlling like a, a Oh, force. Like, a, like an actual like Light Force, like how there's the dark. Right. Got you, mm-hmm. got you. Those powers are always kind of confusing to me because I always feel like if the dark force is already a thing on its own, then what's the mutant power? I think the mutant power is controlling the dark force. Mm. But everyone who can control the dark force isn't a mutant. Right. Okay, I guess. I guess like I their, mutant, like their mutant power allows them to control that. It's a very I powerful always, thing. So like I always think about it like the mutants who do magic. Like their power isn't magic. Like they have a different mutant power. They can just also do magic. Mm-hmm. So I guess that's how I've always mm-hmm. looked at the dark force too. Since it's like a separate entity, it's like okay, so what's your mutant power? How does that mm-hmm. tie you to control the dark force? That's fair. But magic is more of like a practice. Like you know, it's like a thing that people can. If you have an affinity for it, you can get it. Whereas <laughs> like I feel like if you were I don't know, possessed by the dark force or whatever kind of comic <laughs> book stuff you can kind of come up with for a character. It's like some kind of external thing mm-hmm. that's there. You can't you can't learn to control the dark force. Okay. This I is like how I looked it. at it. 
I don't know. I like tomorrow regardless. Welcome back, everybody. For the <laughs> you can see we're already getting a little bit started. And um, had another big pool. I've had a lot of big pools this week and the last few weeks. I don't know who's paying mm-hmm. for all of these books and why they keep coming into my account, <laughs> but they're also good, so maybe don't stop. <laughs> and, you know, I have to say, a lot of it has been D.C. I got to give it to them. They're clearing. Speak. They've been doing it. Yeah, they've, so, they've been doing it. Before we get into like the main series, I'll actually make a mentions of a couple books that I got this week. Uh, Poison Ivy number three came out, and that's from Willow Wilson and Marcio Takara. That continues to be like everything. I don't think I've ever read a better Poison Ivy story. There aren't that many as well, so that also helps. Um, DC vs. Vampires number eight came out, and that's Rosenberg and Otto Schmidt, and that continues to be a really good read. Again, we were just talking about Babs earlier, not being a really big fan of her. She's clearing in this. She is like kicking butt. Okay. She got like a new little armor suit that's hot, and they just brought in a bunch of the magicians and magic characters like Doctor Fade, uh, Clarion, Jason Blood, Cersei. They're all also vampires, so we getting like, I'm getting everything that I want. From oh, okay, cool. Yes. Um, Aquaman and Andromeda number two came out. That's been a fantastic Black Label series from Rand B and Christian Ward. The art looks good. This uh, issue focused mostly on Black Manta though. Legion of X number four from Spurrier and Bowser Duo was out. And I also picked up the book Azrael. And that is okay. from Dan Waters. The Batman fan character. Y- yes. And then Nikolai uh, Sesamiza. And I don't know anything about Azrael. What's up? <laughs> Can't tell you a single thing. But I love a holy warrior, and the artist on this book is one who I followed on Twitter for a really long time, and I really enjoyed a lot of the art he used to do, and so it's like been kind of cool to watch him, like, oh, he's got these DC gigs. And the Azrael issue was hot, honestly. I'm, like, hooked Okay. In. They, like, talk about him with the actual angel Azrael. We, like, see him, and they're meeting, and he's talking about how he's, like, his avatar and how he needs to do this stuff, and he's got his flaming sword. There's another girl his at sword, the yeah. got flaming sword. The act, the artist again is like really, really good. It's kind of like a anime influenced style a little bit, so it's very kinetic. There's a lot of good movement. Highly recommend it to anyone to look at Azrael. Although I will say his only downside is he kind of reminds me of like Rachel Gray or Summers, whatever her name is. Uh, Their costumes are like kind of similar, like these long trench cape, yellow, red, ketchup mustard looking things. They could be siblings. I mean, I feel like there is Azrael is someone who I feel like that is what Rachel should be. Yeah. Instead of them really just using her to be a gene filler. I feel like she should probably go more of like that route. The holy warrior with her like mm-hmm. fire. Of like the Phoenix. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I see it. I see the vision. Mm-hmm. That she would she would be cool that way. Ascani. That's she, if they like that really did the Ascani thing. Well, that's what they're kind of trying to do with Knights of X. Like, they're calling her Ascani, and she's got more of, like, the fire insignias on her. But, like, she's still being whiny, so it doesn't really work. Mm. It's like, girl. Anyways, but to the main books of the week, let's go ahead and start with those. And the first one on our list is Batman number 126, and that comes from Chip Zdarsky and Jorge Jimenez. And I still have not tapped into this new Batman run yet, but, like, I have really been enjoying Zdarsky doing the Batman White Knight series which is like him mm-hmm. training. So like, I'm interested to see if this is like following up on that or if it's just its own thing, but still good. It's it's great, in my opinion. I've having a good time. This issue was a lot of fun. Um, so previously, 
the last issue and Batman and Detective Comics are following two different stories, but uh, Batman is the story where we saw him lose all his money. Well, he didn't lose all his money because I guess he's technically still kind of wealthy and he gets invited to, um, you know, the galas and stuff for people. And um, Penguin was killed. And of course, Batman was framed for it because when he was killed, uh, the people came inside into the hospital where Penguin was and Batman was there. So he got framed for it. And he's basically been trying to like clear that up. Uh, Robin was there. You know, he got shot in the neck in the last one. And, you know, he felt like, oh, my gosh, I'm like losing another kid. And during that issue in 125, there was this robot like failsafe that came through. And this issue is pretty much just the fight like a failsafe and failsafe is clearing like batman's ass is getting dragged through all of this he's like i need help i'm like he's like trying to get away and of course he calls for help and the bat fam comes and shows up signal um pops in nightwing has a moment and pops in um and yeah it was really cool to see him over there and um also in this which i thought was really cool shout out to zadarsky uh, Babs is in this, but she's Oracle. Um, so, you know, he made sure to be like, yeah, he made sure to be she, like, we're not doing that Batgirl thing. And I don't really like, understand the whole, like, Oracle Batgirl thing, because I feel like she still pops up in both, as both, sometimes. Is no, she people giving Nightwing, the current Nightwing run right now, some slack um, by Tom Taylor, because he has her as Batgirl in mm-hmm. the Nightwing issue, because she has, like, some kind of like spine suit thing that kind of lets her get out there just a little bit so she can still mm-hmm. be that girl and put the suit on. But everywhere else, she's, she's just Oracle. Mm-hmm. She doesn't say that she's giving up being Oracle. She's like, I'm still going to be Oracle, but in Nightwing, she's also saying, I can still be Batgirl too. I wonder if it's a thing, it's just because like she's still been the most popular Batgirl in media. I feel like obviously with Robin, there's been so many Robins, but like, there's also been a very distinct Nightwing. And with Batgirl, I don't know. I guess they've always just adjusted Batgirl's personality to be what Steph was as Batgirl. And then I don't know why they don't use Cassandra. And they currently have the Batgirls series out right now, I think, with both of them Mm -hmm. trying to kind of share that mental right now. I'm not really sure. And I think Oracle is playing, like, you know, Den Mother to the two of them and, like, training them and doing that whole thing i'm not sure um they don't really know how to think what to do with that bad girl mantle mm. but anywho in this in this in this issue of batman um the we see fail safe kind of basically clearing some of the bat fam they try to get batman out um and he gets back to the cave robin was able to get here tim drake robin, to get him there and uh he turns to Tim and is like, you got to go. Like, I'm just doing this by myself. Like, leave me alone. I can handle this. And uh, Tim, like, obviously didn't leave because he's like, you know, guys, I'm not going to leave him here. He needs some help. Um, and he turns back around and he, he's this guy says, don't worry, it's the Batman. And he has this like suit on. Now, I had no frame of reference for this, but uh, looking up, doing some research, it looks like this is actually a like a villain or something that thought he was Batman at some time and they like are bringing this back but this would happen during Grant Morrison's Batman okay and I didn't read I guess I know his Batman run is like super iconic amongst uh readers I never I read it I did read his 
I read his Batman and Robin, which I think was the follow up to all of that. That was when Dick was Batman after uh, Bruce died. I didn't read that either. That's when he had that really bad Jason Todd. He gave him red hair. I don't know. I didn't pay too much attention to Jason, so I just was reading for <laughs> for Dick and uh, Damien, and um, yeah. So I didn't read that. So I'd have no frame of reference for this costume popping up, but I guess people like enjoyed it. So that his that Grant Morrison's run was still being referenced today. So I enjoyed this issue a lot. I had a lot of fun. Um, definitely gets a four out of five from me. Okay. Fantastic art also by. Um, Jorge Jimenez, uh, he has this one really cool shot of Bruce Wayne where he's like, you know, brooding in his cave, which I think looked yeah. really good. Um, some really great, the fight scenes during this too. He made Nightwing look really cool with his flipping and stuff. So, shout out to Wayne. thing Nightwing's gonna do, he's gonna flip. Mm-hmm. Okay, well shout out to that. Yeah. Next up on our list, oh, I've been waiting for this. Immortal X-Men number five that comes from Karen Ooh. Gillen. <laughs> It's Michelle Bandini. <laughs> and um, this is this is your time, brother. Exodus Wait. had his big moment, and we have uh, Judgment Day tie-in. We, well, we don't actually see the big psychic battle between the telepaths on the Quiet Council and the Unimind forces of the Eternals. It's the data page, which... The data page was cute, but I've been tuned in. I specifically tuned in for this issue because I wanted to see some actual plane fighting and some psychic battling. Like when we talked about the Judgment Day issue, when the Unimind attacked and all the telepaths jumped into action, that was my favorite part. I was like, oh, this is what's going to make it hot. And to kind of see that was like, blah. But outside of hmm. that, we got a nice telling. All kind of disappointment, Exodus. ain't it? <laughs> we got a nice telling about Exodus and his history and how he kind of came to be the person he is and like why he's looking at hope the way he is and all of those things and you as our resident exodus stan please let mm. us know what you um thought about this issue um i did not like it personally as an exodus fan i was pretty disappointed actually um and a lot of my disappointment comes from i'm the kind of reader that um, when you're like doing something like th that is focused on a character like this, specifically like an Exodus that only really comes around every now and then. Um, he doesn't have like, you know, long runs of himself being in something. It's only like sporadic kind of pop-up moments of him. But when they do happen, they impact his story and kind of where he's going as a character, or they kind of reflect on the past and maybe like bring something back up or um, clarify something. What did you learn from this issue that you already know? You walked away from this pretty much making um, Exodus just another religious zealot like that he was before. And I personally thought that now that we were in this Krokoan era, we weren't ever going to really regress and go backwards with Exodus and uh, just make him the fanatic again amongst everyone that either we were going to push him forward and actually kind of bring him into the present and see what he feels about everybody else around on the X-Men or um, all the other mutants on Krakoa and kind of actually cement him within the story of the X-Men and, and put him in the, the line. Um, or we were going to go back and maybe explain why he is a fanatic. Like, what is it? about him that makes him really want to feel like he has to have something to be following. But you didn't learn any of that. Yeah. <laughs> like you just 
learned that he thinks that the X's in people's the X gene are little crosses. <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> like what? <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> you know, like, like be serious. I, I I guess I can understand what you're saying about that, especially in, in being an Exodus fan. I would say I feel like this was kind of done in the way it was more so for those people who aren't familiar with Exodus and who haven't read anything with him. I think a lot of characters right. in the Krakoa era are kind of getting a hard resets and where they were and it's taking them back to the base of who they were you know like with Jean you saw her put back on the green dress with Betsy she went back to this place of like oh I gotta rediscover who I am now like uh, we've seen a couple of them go through it and I feel like this was his but I do agree with your assessment that we also didn't learn anything new I think if you're going to kind of get us to this place of saying this is who he is tell me something new about him until I can take forward and see where it's going before or after that. I don't feel like I got that. I feel like it's just really going to be more of him kind of following hope around. And that... And just the same thing again. The same... What's different than what he was doing when it was Magneto? Or in this own story again, where where it's Apocalypse. I mean, he even says it in this issue where it's like, I've always been following somebody. But like, why? What happened in his life? And it seems, in my opinion, it seems as though whenever that question comes up, that writers just say, oh, well, don't worry about it. He's from, like, that era. Like he was, yeah. <laughs> like, oh, he was a crusader. We just accept you know, that. Okay, well, why did you want to do that? Things like that are always interesting to me when they say about those characters who have lived for a very long time. It's like, oh, well, they were from this time and blah, blah, blah. But it's like, okay, yeah, but they're alive now. Right. How did how did the and and it's true to life. You see a lot of old people who are stuck in their ways and like only think about how it was back then. But you also have to have those groups that say, okay, in real life, people are going to die. In these comic books, this character is not going to die. So it's like, when do they actually kind of get that change, or when do they adapt to the new time? Why does he still talk like he's in the 1600s when it's 2022? He's been around these people for long enough. They should kind of, like, adjust and pick up the slang, I think, sometimes. I can understand why you don't do it for the comic book reasons of it. But I get it. And I personally am okay with the language. I like when he talks like that. But, like, my thing is, can he have conversations with anybody else, or is he always just going to be the mutant zealot amongst the team? Mm -hmm. Everybody else on the council, you can look at them and say, you know how they feel about everybody else on the council. You have no idea how Exodus feels about everybody else on that council it's good i think it would be an interesting conversation to be like you know what is it about hope that makes him want to worship her or do whatever follow her around versus a storm who's also Mm -hmm. been sent to the goddess at some point exactly but it seems like they were trying to retcon in the phoenix because in this issue exodus is they recap him going through the desert how he uh, left the crusaders and uh, was going on his pilgrimage to go and find this power that he thought ended up being apocalypse and who kind of activated his mutant gene and i guess now that it's been retconned that like during that trip he had a vision of the phoenix force and i don't know like that is who he feels like he needs to follow now and like hope represents that so I'm not going this to entire issue to me was kind of a like a retcon of it. I wouldn't be fine. I would be fine if he like looked at the Phoenix Force as like this like mutant deity, right? Mm-hmm. But again, I would want to know why outside of it yeah. just saying, oh, he had a vision of <laughs> what? Yeah. I personally don't like the Phoenix. However, I am very into the idea of the Church of the Phoenix. 
Mm, and like, that would be cool. And like the people, like again, Rachel, you look at the Ascani Holy Warrior type of vibe she got with the Phoenix. Exodus is seeing this vision, and this is something he kind of considers a big thing. Hope even being the Messiah and having access to that force. And again, um, when we read Jane Foster's Thor, like there's a form of the Phoenix that appears to her, and she's like a very nasty lady. When uh, Jane's fighting the other gods in the Shi'ar, I think like some people worshiping that aspect of her is like really cool and interesting. I just don't think I ever want to actually see the Phoenix. Yes, I wouldn't mind it actually if Exodus became like a non-believer of the Church of the Phoenix. Like he felt like it was not something that needed to be associated with like mutant kind that all it does is bring destruction to mutants even though it rebirths it also brings something it would just be something different you know instead of him always just being the follower of that so that that to me made this issue very kind of disappointing because you were so mm-hmm. you told the same thing here i can see that what would you rate it um the art was good i appreciate that shout out to the artist because i do like a good moment of Magneto and Exodus together, and my boys looked good when they showed the recap of yeah. Magneto taking him out of that tomb. So shout out to that. So I give it like a two point five out of five. Okay, I was gonna say three point five. I I like mm-hmm. I liked. I think it was a well written story. Um, I think. Like you said, I didn't really learn anything new about Exodus that I didn't already know that I hadn't read before. So for that, it was cool. And then the biggest draw for me was the psychic battle. And it was just the data page. And the data page itself was cool. And it was done in a cool way. But I would have actually liked to see that. I, I like when the telepaths get to be telepaths. Yeah. I mean, when he got the the armor, the Phoenix sword, and uh, the Emma Frost shield, I was expecting us to see a something. A little something. Yeah. <laughs> but what else? I'd give it a 3.5. But that was that. Um, I I think this series has also kind of like put me back in the space that I was before while I was saying I don't think the council needs their own book. I think mm-hmm. I've been really excited for a lot. I said that from the jump. <laughs> okay. I mean, I did too, but then I kind of changed my mind. But I think that was more so because I was like hype about the Destiny and Xavier content that I was getting. And then uh-huh. like, I just realized like, oh, that's not really what's happening. I think Shaw is the next issue. And then I think it's Nightcrawler. And it's like so previously had act. Is this book just like every character just going around the circle and telling who they are? Basically, yeah. And I only care about two of them. So. Hmm. Well, I like Nightcrawler as well. <laughs> <laughs> Nightcrawler. Um, but yeah, like so it. that's that. I don't know. I think I'll stick around for the Shaw issue to kind of see how that goes. But then I think at that point, if this book kind of stays in the way it's going, I might do it on like a case by case basis. It might end at 12. Hmm. Like Eternals. I don't know. We'll see. And if that's... Mm, it might. I don't know. Next up on the list is Dark Crisis number three, and that comes from Joshua Williamson and Daniel Sam Perry. Now this... Hot, hot summer event. <laughs> um, we continue yes. on. The Justice League is dead, and all of the superheroes in the world are kind of reeling from that. I think that this feels different than a lot of those other stories where the League is dead, because we see so many of the people like trying to carry on, but like they feel shaken and they're struggling they're they're struggling (laughs) and it's like kind of like whoa what's going on and 
I know, again, I think a lot of people look at the league and say, oh, the league hasn't been around before. Like, they shouldn't be that important. But I think, again, when you think about who the league is, they should be representative of those figureheads. And it's like, even if all of these people have been able to, like, uh, be around while they were there, they still knew that they had Superman. They had Wonder Woman. They had Batman. Like, and now these people are gone. And it's like, okay, even if they are gone, like, how do we really fill in those shoes? Like, we might not be there just yet. And I kind of appreciate that realism. And I think it's a story that needs to be told for, like, the new generation that we have. And I think it's one that's being done well. Also. Um, Yeah, I agree. I think that, like, this one to me, I don't know. Kind of like you said, it feels more impactful that the Justice League is, like, they feel gone. And I think by us seeing that everyone really reeling from it and um also i don't think i'm not sure how often it's been done where the villains actually take action (laughs) once the justice league is out of the way (laughs) you know what i mean because you know in real life we always would see something like this going on in in comics and say well if this was me i would strike now like batman out the way superman ain't here please (laughs) i can handle them now and to see the villains actually doing that now is like really nice to see but doing it with a plan and doing it together. Yes. Like, it's not even yes. just like, oh, Mirror Master and uh, Deathstroke and Manta are like fighting whoever individually. No, like, they working together. And they like, they all working together. <laughs> we taking y'all out. <laughs> and it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> now, now Deathstroke, Deathstroke is being helped out a little bit by like mm-hmm. uh, that Dark stuff. So, yes. And we got to see but a little bit of Ravager, which was nice. She was cute. Um, getting pulled up and having her moment. I always enjoy when, like, she kind of comes in and tells Slade that she hates him. So that was cute to see. We also got, like, a bit, uh, not a bit, but a really big moment with the Green Lanterns. We saw a lot of them. And I thought yes, that we was did. cute to see. <laughs> <laughs> Just, like, them working together and, like, it. all the different ones. Joe My and Kyle and Simon <laughs> and Hal. And uh, they go to, like, attack Prometheus. And he gets pulled into his own little place. And where they mm-hmm. call the John dimension or something, the John Stewart sector? Yes, they get there and the lanterns um, appear in front of them because uh, Hal and the rest of the lanterns, they figured that the Dark Force has something to do with the Black Lanterns. So they go to the Black Lantern uh, core, go to their like giant lantern and figure, okay, if we can go through this, we may be able to actually find the Justice League. Um, so they actually used that to find Pariah and um, from Pariah, they end up going into. <laughs> I mean, that's fair. Um, Pariah is like, oh, I've, you, I'm using my device to like siphon this energy from all of the Justice League. Um, and Hal, of course, goes and tries to John's world. They get through. The Lancers come up and they say, what are you guys doing in sector John Stewart? So shout out to John. It's hot. The art looks yeah, great. Yeah, fantastic. Like he is a true star. John oh yeah, because his, um, uh, when Justice League Two, which was sad. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was gonna bring up. When um, the Justice League is gonna argue basically with Black Adam because they had captured Vertigo and they wanted to kill him. Black Adam wanted to kill him, and he was like, you know, that's not how we do things here. Put him down, you know. I'm gonna do whatever I wanna do and he's getting ready to kill him. Black Adam is like, um, I'm gonna kill this guy. John is like, you need to stop. Black Adam is like, I don't I could do whatever I want to do. I can I don't need your permission. And John zips up in his face with his eyes glowing, like, you need to stop. 
And I was like, oh, things are getting hot in mm-hmm. here. Yara, Yara stands up to Black Adam, mm-hmm. which was kind of... She comes in. in. Um, and, you know, at the end of the day, Black Adam said they're not strong enough to do what I need them to do. So he bounces. And he was scared. The- he wasn't about to fight ja, John, Yara, and Jackson. And Blue no. Beetle. <laughs> no. And Dr. Lake. <laughs> Please. They clear him. Clear. But that was a really good scene. I'm really enjoying this. And then, of course, the mm-hmm. biggest thing of the issue was that the Justice Society comes back. Because oh, after yes. all of yes, the league like walks a full out, society. The full society, baby. The league walks out. Uh, they're all kind of like, you know, Jackson's like, I got to go back to Atlantis. Everybody's got to do what they got to do. And so Yara's like, I'm here to join the Justice League now. John's like, there ain't no league. But who pops up? There might not be a <laughs> league, but there's a society. <laughs> <laughs> I know you were hyped for that. And it was like the full society, too. They look good. So I'm really enjoying a lot of things about Dark Crisis. I'm excited to see where it continues to go. I would probably give this issue a four out of five. Mm-hmm. I don't know. For me, it's going to get a 4.5 out of five. I really oh. enjoyed this issue. Uh, I'm loving Dark Crisis. This is a fun event. The it art is. is fantastic. Everyone feels right. The characters feel right. Um, and like, there's the the plot is great. There's stakes. I think it's, it's great. Good. And our final book of the week is X-Men Red number five, and that comes from Al Ewing and Stefano Caselli. And... Mm. Knocking it out the park. I I have to say, y'all, I'm sorry. I was almost out on the X-Books after this Exodus Immortal issue, but (laughs) X-Men Red is turning the ship around. (laughs) I don't really know what else I can say about Al Ewing that I haven't said before. That's fair. That's a good point. I just, it's gonna be good. You know you're gonna get some quality. It's gonna be good. It's gonna be quality. We get this amazing issue. We finally see the big fight of Uranus versus the Council of Planet Araco and how he fights all of them. And it's just like, it's just beautiful. I this was is like, like actually, night and day for me from I'm, Immortal to this. <laughs> like this issue gave us the fight. <laughs> this one gave us the fight the extended fight that we saw in judgment day whereas in immortal we didn't get it it was a data page Mm, that's a word i was holding my breath reading this yes like i was holding (laughs) my breath because it was so intense watching him like go against the people when little miss iska turned and they're like, mm. oh, no. <laughs> it was like... <laughs> they were like, we got to get up out of here. <laughs> they were like, hold on. <laughs> it's different. One of the things I also did, like, you know, so as you're also sending, like, his little, like, machine gun things, whatever, all around the island to, I mean, all around the planet to attack people. And we get these narration boxes. First of all, shout out to the narration boxes. They truly can help save or make a, an issue of a comic. And, like, I was yes. even his to the best effect. But, like, they talk about how the Iraqi mutants are running away but they're not considering it running away. They're like, oh, this is like strategic leaving because we might <laughs> like, we like gotta figure out a way to win the war. And I was like, I know that's right. Y'all better come up not with something strategic else. leaving. <laughs> strategic. You better change the words. That's like some, remember when uh, Gwyneth Paltrow and her husband got a divorce and mm-hmm. a, a Chris, um, I forget, Chris Martin. And she said it was a conscious uncoupling <laughs> it's just, yeah, yeah. 
This was not us running away. This was not us playing the fight. We have a strategy that involves us leaving right now so we can come back <laughs> stronger <laughs> and beat you guys up. So that was like, a mess. Um, but we get like some amazing moments from lots of mutants throughout the issue. I think some of the biggest ones obviously come from the members of the council themselves and Magneto and Nightcrawler also. I do love that moment. Yes. Like, as soon as Iska turned, he was like, oh, she's got to go. <laughs> That's an X Man. Okay. Like, Nightcrawler is right an X Man. He was like, absolutely <laughs> not. She got to go. And he talked to you know, and, and it's a shame that he's not like a stronger teleporter because he could have sent her somewhere else. You know, he had to send her to the water of Morocco, planet Morocco. But it's like, we could have took her back to, I don't know, wherever she needed to go. She did right. manage to break his arm on his way out, but he still got her far enough. He still cleared her. I'm still giving him the win. Who I'm oh, not okay. giving it is um, Brand. She's not very smart. Or Uranus showed up. <laughs> what you gonna do with a gun, girl? First of all, she wasn't alone. Cable was shooting too. Okay. <laughs> that's not. Well, he's not that smart either. So <laughs> he's that's not, not he's saying too dying. much. He's been dying this whole series so far. Like he's exactly. just getting the worst of it. But they did take out my girl. But it's mm-hmm. fine. So I have a question. Eye. I also <laughs> when he hit the eye. <laughs> Uranus is clearing them. I'm sorry. I kind of liked them having. I want the X Men to have their own dark side. That's kind of cool. And like no, that was high. When he sm- when he punched that eye in the face, I snorted laughing. That was rude. Because why would you do that? <laughs> Um, especially if you've read Legion of X, then you know Aura Serata might not be a nice girl. So, oh, is that a punch in the eye? The whacking was a little bit deserved, but okay. <laughs> nonetheless, she did get whacked. I also really love the part where like Legion came down. Uranus was kind of like, you know, all y'all are whack, but he sees Legion and he's like, oh, you might be interesting. And then they fly up, and I think we're actually gonna get the follow up to that battle in the next issue of Legion of X. I like see the extended version of it. Because it seemed like he came back down and they said it was just it was like minutes. It was so I just I just checked. It was a 30 minute fight. (laughs) (laughs) It was a 30 minute (laughs) fight. Okay. Like give him his props. He put up a little bit of time. Yeah. So he did. So let him survive a little bit. Yeah. So we're gonna see that. He took off half of his hour. Period. Nobody else did. That's true. They did it. So shout out to him for doing that. Um, I don't know, man. This was really just a great issue. I don't really know what else to say other than it was fantastic. I had a great time. Um, Magneto clearing in the middle, ready to um, attack Uranus was great, even though he got a hole blown in his chest. Um, I do have to say, y'all, I too would be using my non-mutant faves if I were Al Ewing, because why do we need to have Nova in this? (laughs) <laughs> that was funny. And like giving him a whole speech too to be like, yes, I'm the only one that can save these people. Like you're trying it. Where was Star Lord? It's not his fave. I get it. If I was writing the next book, Wonder Man is just gonna be there, y'all. Get over it. And he's really so. he's really trying to like turn the ship around on Nova, on Richard Ryder. He's not mm-hmm. a nice man. That's just his favorite character. So if 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 Ewing is writing space, Nova's gonna be there. And he it's is. gonna be Richard Wright. He is. So I mean I get it. Like I said, Wonder Man would have been the same way if I was doing the same thing. 
Um, but yeah, great issue. And then, you know, at the end of this, we see Magneto somehow still survived, but there's like this big glowing hole in his chest. So, mm-hmm. and they say he's about to get his hour next, which is mm-hmm. cool. And also, again, okay. we have Aura and Lotus. You know, she talks about how she pretended to show that he was dead to Uranus. Mm-hmm. And he was like, yes, you didn't like disrespect me. That was great thinking. <laughs> <laughs> you saved my life because <laughs> I was about to die. <laughs> And it was like, I really just love when Milwaukee Mutants talk like that. I think that's my favorite thing. Definitely. Um, I didn't give this issue 4.5 out of 5. I think I give it a 5 out of 5, honestly. I'm not going to lie. Mr. E yeah. clear. Like I said, I was literally holding my breath. And when I got to the end and Magneto stood up and it was like on Arako, you always make sure. And Ooh. he um, Ooh, You know what? Let me say that. It was a 5 out of 5. It cleared. <laughs> like, Magneto cleared. <laughs> It was like, ooh, I actually shouted. I was like, yes, this is a man. Yes. Although, I will say, I do think he's still going to die after his hour. You think so? Yeah. I think, like, whatever he's doing to keep himself alive and, like, keep that hole in his chest, he's going to keep it there, use his hour, cause some damage, some destruction, and then, like, boom, he'll do it and pass on. Mm. You know what? Magneto deserves to go out in, like, a blaze of glory, so... He does. He'll get his I wouldn't be mad at that. when he builds a planet. Yeah, for sure. It seemed like they were already letting him him up towards a retirement. And Immortal, that first issue, that's what he said. He was like, I'm done. <laughs> I'm going to go retire. So go they probably him. are trying to. So we'll see. I wouldn't be mad at it. Okay. But those were our books of the week. All right, y'all. So then let's go ahead and get into the book club of the week. And this is reading uh, New X-Men issue 22 to 28. And um, I don't know. I know I keep saying that every time that we do this book club for this part. <laughs> but like, this has been such a shift for me in not only this book and the way that this stuff has been like, mm-hmm. how it started with the other the original creators and then shift over into uh, Kyle and Yost. And like just the shift of the storyline for these characters now, um, but also just the way that I feel about all of this is different now compared to when it was first coming out and I was 16 years old reading it versus now. Um, if, it feels like that first half of this with the original writers and artists, like it was like these characters were being very tropey teenagers kind of doing that kind of stuff and now this is just like trauma after trauma and people being mean and i don't understand how <laughs> y'all are going up for emma frost and she is a nasty lady like oh, yeah i don't get it like these earlier issues were just the kids going in like danger room um stuff and reliving old X-Men stuff, which was like, okay, cool, whatever. We're reestablishing that this is a new creative team. Cool. But this new creative team was like, I guess, putting their stamp on the characters and their personalities. And while I like Hellion, I didn't think that he was ever, like, mean. But I guess when I was seeing He's mean. When I was going back and reading these when I was 16, like, I didn't read everything in order. I was just reading whatever I was had at my disposal. Um, and it wasn't everything, like, I wasn't following monthly. But reading this now, I'm like, oh, Hellion was kind of mean, but he wasn't mean. Yeah, but he wasn't mean in the earlier 
run. Like his meanness started like after House of M and with this under Kyle and Yost. All of a sudden he's like just nasty. And just like he was kind of mean back then too. I mean, I, but I, I saw the growth coming. I saw I, or maybe I saw the trope. I saw the trope. I, I think you w- saw the trope. And I think instead of like it going the normal way of the trope where he kind of turned it around, mm-hmm. it just continued. <laughs> <laughs> it just got worse. <laughs> it got worse. And, um, you know, Emma, uh, for some reason, like hates Laura Kenny. She's like always calling her X-23. She like showed her her dad and told her like, why did you do this to me, X-23? And Laura's like, that is my mom. She never called me that. And it turned out to be like a psychic, telepathic, uh, like, um, like illusion in front of her that Emma put up just to make her feel bad because she's like, you're a killer. You shouldn't be here. Like yeah, break you so you leave. That's the kind of lady Emma is. Like, She's for the or a lady that's always talking about doing it for the kids. That's not very nice. She's a horrible person. But whatever. That's Emma for you. I think this run was very jarring in the way that I think it was really depressing. A lot of the stuff that happened, like we've been saying, it was a major shift. Decimation came, and then not only did so many of these kids lose their powers, and like a few died in that instance, like they bust, like even more get thrown Okay, up. and bringing up the bus. Bringing up the bus. I'm sorry, but I'm going to say it. This may be cutthroat. I don't know. Bringing up the bus. Who cares? Let me say why. Let me say why. They killed off all these characters. They killed off all these characters when this bus blew up. But you just met these characters when the bus blew up. None of these people existed before this. The only person on that bus who, like, you met was Tag. Everybody else that they were running around trying to go see, like, oh, my gosh, are you okay? You just met them when we the bus blew up. We met on the squads. We met on the one time and Extreme they, they showed up because she was a clip out creation. Rubbermaid? Which girl? Who? Rubbermaid. Who? The oh, reason yes, why yes. Kam- the reason why Kamala can't stretch in the MCU. Let's, let's <laughs> oh, talk about it. Let's talk about it. <laughs> oh, she's the reason. She's okay. the reason why. <laughs> but like her dying in this, I was like, this is only the second time we've seen her in this run. <laughs> Everybody well, else, I- this is only the second time we've seen any of these characters outside of them being in the background somewhere. It I was like they. It's like also the loss of potential. It's like not only did you just use your lose your powers and we never even really got to like know you in that way, you lost your life. But there just seemed to be no like, I don't know, like emotional it, stake to it because you just you didn't even know any of these people. It was about it seemed like it was trauma for trauma's do. sake. It's about breaking the kids who we do know. It's that age-old classic. When you have a hero, you got to break them down, and you break them down a little bit more. And then once they've got to their lowest point at the bottom of that pit, you break them down some more. Oh, my. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, which they did. They did it this. And I will say that Pheromone Girl's death was way more sad than the bus. She deserved that. Heartbreaking. And the they back- shot that girl in the, like I was like, what is why are they killing these kids off like this? 
Striker is a nasty man. Also, <laughs> shout out to them for knowing that Lori was the Omega level threat. Queen behavior. <laughs> she was something, I guess. Queen. It's definitely make no sense to me. <laughs> but, <laughs> but whatever. Like I said. And then you break them down. And then after all of that, then you build them back up. But I think the, I think the bad thing with these kids is they never got the chance to really... I guess the Krakoa era is the time to be built back up. And that's one of the reasons why things like X Factor and Sophia coming back and all of that was like such a big moment. Because this run, once it started getting dark, it just continued that road of darkness. Like, I think not... Yes. Like, we had Destination... <laughs> We had all the stuff that follow after that, the bus, and then I think right after that, Messiah Conflict starts. And like, mm. Messiah Conflict was sad. People's getting knocked off left and right in there. Yeah, Helen left and lost, lost his arms. You know what I'm saying? So it, there's, it's, it, it's heartbreaking for these kids. That's why the bus is. Okay. It just for me as a reader, I was like, these <laughs> are just kids I just met. Like. I feel like you're blowing up this bus mm-hmm. just to blow up this bus. A little bit. They, and, then, that and that was... to me also made me feel as though that is why these these batch of kids, these new X-Men, always just feel like cannon fodder because that's how you treat them. Because that's how they were treated. Because they were like, like, even when Quill, I think it was, got killed when the purifiers attacked the mansion. It's mm-hmm. sad. They just died. But it... They've gotten better now, so in hindsight, hey. Did they? Rock slide. Uh, <laughs> that's fine. So I actually never liked Rock Slide anyway, so I was okay with that. I mean, it's whatever. I don't know if they got it, y'all. <laughs> We're sorry. almost there. We're almost to Quest for Magic, and that's a pixie story. And if that doesn't okay. turn the ship around for you, then I don't know what will. Okay, maybe that'll maybe that'll turn the ship around. We may need to have somebody like dissect this for me, and maybe it's not as bad as I am experiencing right now. I will say that Mark Brooks's art in this was interesting to see his name as the artist because I didn't remember back then uh, that he was an artist on this because I'm so used to seeing his covers. His covers are completely different than his interiors are now. So like his art either just grew or changed or something. So that was kind of cool to see. That he used to do these interiors, and now he's like doing these very like hyper um, realized mm. cups. I can see that. I'm not a big fan. Yeah, I like his covers more than the interiors. So, yeah, but I don't know, y'all. Just... Emma's nasty. She seems very cold. Um, so my interest in Emma Frost kind of oscillates between. Not interested or just do not like. <laughs> it's either like do not like to just ambivalent. I see that. Yes. <laughs> well, I do like my outfits. That's about as long as it is, but I don't know. I don't know. Let us know what you guys think of the new X-Men and this specific like chunk of it while we've been gone. I I don't know. I wish that, I honestly wish they would have just kept going with the the kids and the students. <laughs> They're being happy. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Even though that was kind of tropey itself and like whatever, I assumed at some point it would have turned into them being a little bit more 
having a little bit more adult stuff or being having a more bite, but mm. we still got a ways to go. I feel like there should be like should be like should be all the trauma and the tropes. We still got a ways to go. We'll or maybe that's just all the new X trauma and tropes. You there? I think there are still some moments where the kids like rise to the occasion, and a few of them have that kind of moment again. I think this was a journey for them. Like we saw the tropes, we got the trauma. How are they going to build themselves from out of it? I don't think all of them do or do it successfully, but I think the ones that do manage to break free and like kind of grow to the next level, it works. We'll see. Hopefully, the quest for magic changes all of that. Um, okay, y'all, let's go ahead and take a break, and then we'll come right back. Ooh. Excited. I'm getting that, and I'm going to meet my new nephew for the first time. So that's going to be fun. really fun. I'm officially a gunkle. Oh man, that gunkle era. I know. I'm excited though. I like want to buy them toys. <laughs> Speaking of me being a gunkle and all that, because I will be out of town, we will be taking a break next week for the episode. Um, so like, if you've had a big backlog of comics, please feel free to catch up on that. You know, send in some things, some recommendations that you might have read that you think that I might not have picked up or that we could talk about on the show, all that good stuff like that. And with yes. that, welcome back to everyone's favorite part of the show, the relaunch section. Yes, yes, and yes. I think a fun one today. Yeah, so this week we'll be doing like a relaunch idea that we kind of came up with together. Uh, Keenan was talking about Iron Fist and um, like liking him. And we're not talking about Danny, but we're talking about the new Iron Fist, uh, the previous Swordmaster. And um, it just like clicked with me that they really need to do something to kind of really like cement him as the new Iron Fist so we don't really like kind of backslide. And um, there have been some rumors. I know people have heard some things about the MCU versions of the Netflix characters kind of coming over. And there have been rumors about the MCU doing like a Heroes for Hire show. And it's going to be both Iron Fist and Luke Cage. But they would only be bringing over the Netflix Luke Cage, but not the Iron Fist character they recast. Which Um, is for the best. I'm sorry to Finn Jones, but he was not a good Iron Fist. Like, even yeah. outside of the whole, like, Asian Iron Fist controversy and all of that, he was just not good. Yeah, he could be replaced. <laughs> um, so, and if those rumors are true, that just made me start to think about they could really do that in the comics by making a new Heroes for Hire series or um, a Power Man and Iron Man, sorry, Power Man and Iron Fist series and use um, the Power Man and put him with the Swordmaster and really cement that. So, yeah, I think that would be a good and idea. I support that completely and fully. I don't know if people know, but the new Power Man is a character who I've actually really come to enjoy and realize that it's not one of my favorites, but, like, he got the potential to, like, knock somebody down off the list. He's moving his way up. And he had he's had a lot of good runs. He showed up in Al Ewing's Mighty Avengers. He was in the Champions run. And he's gotten some really cool development. And Lenny has been getting some really cool development in his Iron Fist series. So... I think also that would be great to see because they're two good characters. And, like, who doesn't love an Iron Man, Fist, Power Man? I'm about to say Iron Man, too. Team. <laughs> yeah. And, like, what I kept thinking was 
you know, we are, it seems like in the Marvel Universe, a lot of the old, older characters are kind of being put in new status quos for them to kind of still be able to do whatever they were going to do, but make room for other people to kind of replace what the things that they did before. And, you know, Luke Cage is now the mayor of Hell's Kitchen. Um, mm-hmm. And you have Iron Fist, I'm sorry, uh, Danny, who is no longer Iron Fist. There's a new one. Perfect time to just have him be the one like bankroll. They didn't even give Danny a new job. No. <laughs> I think he's like a pseudo bodyguard for just like, Luke, man. but like he really just there. <laughs> Talk about clicking down. And you know what else just clicked with me? If they do that as the relaunch with Iron Fist and Power Man, you know how they've always hung around with Misty Knight and Colleen Wing? We can mm-hmm. switch their girls to White Tiger and White Fox. Boom. Both queens. And now we, you see, Marvel, uh, you got to listen. Like, the idea is there. This yeah, is how you right. get a whole it's, new uh, slew of, like, street-level heroes and a new hero's fire team. Did you just say that? A whole new slew of street-level heroes. Doesn't that just yeah. make your, like, body tingle? <laughs> uh, kind of. Take it to the streets. <laughs> <laughs> they do be fighting down there. But, yeah, that is our... Um, relaunch of the week. A new Power Man and Iron Fist series, which would be fantastic to see with those in it. All right, y'all. That brings us to the end of the show. Um, we appreciate you guys for listening. Please rate and subscribe us wherever you get your podcast. You can uh, find us on Twitter and Instagram at Another Relaunch. You can email us whatever at anotherrelaunch at gmail.com. You can find me on most social media platforms, or you can watch us, sorry, at on YouTube at Another Relaunch TV. You can find me on most social media platforms at UncannyLZ. Ken, where can they find you? You guys know you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Ken and Lance. As always, there's an underscore at the end. All right, y'all, let's get up out of here, and then we'll catch you next week. No, we won't catch you next week because we're taking a break, but we'll catch you the following week because She-Hulk comes out. Period. <laughs> She-Hulk, Shulky! Make sure you use all the tweets for Shulky and She-Hulk and She-Hulk attorney at law and all that stuff and watch the cute little emojis pop up. It's great. Yeah. Call the number to get yourself a nice cool voicemail from her. So yeah. She looks mm-hmm. she's coming. <laughs> and they showed the did you see the first clip of Daredevil? Or the first look? I did. I'm excited good. for this because you're gonna have to pick a side. You're gonna have to pick a side. Daredevil and She Hulk are allegedly in this, and you know, the lawyers aren't always on the same side. Sometimes they're on opposite sides of the bench. I hope they bang. <laughs> <laughs> That's one way to work it out, I guess. (laughs) All right, y'all, let's get up out of here, and then we'll see you guys in two weeks. Bye.